getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. So welcome in, everybody. It's the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest you know him you love him zach kelberman zach did the denver broncos kind of assuage some of the fears that people maybe had coming out of that buffalo game last night can i ask you all now is it okay to breathe can we step off the ledge at least one foot the broncos won a preseason game i think they came out chad and um corrected a lot of the errors that plagued them against buffalo the rushing offense for one um the offense, the play calling, the coaching, Nathaniel Hackett's timeout usage. I mean, there's so many positive things to take away, but hopefully those that were putting so much onus and stock into preseason can feel good about what the Broncos did yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very definitive performance. And like, like I was saying, leading into the game, like in a perfect world, yeah, you, you want your team to win anytime they take the field, but I didn't care if the Broncos won. What I wanted to see was like, some intensity, some recognition of a how bad they were the game prior, and b like for the individual players, like you know what you got things on the line, my dogs. And it was kind of cool. Multiple player um, comments after the game, including Nick Benito, made it clear that their pride got challenged by the coaches after the Buffalo game, breaking down the film of just how bad it was. And their pride got challenged, and they answered the bell. And so props to them. I love it. From the twos and the threes, stepping up, saying, no, 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 no. That's not us. It was a bad day at the office. Everybody chill. Let me show you why you should chill. So that's, that was very encouraging uh, for me. And then just, hey, we saw the running game come alive. Zach, I was, I mean, I've been harping on that for two weeks now. Love it. Free Mike Boone. We've been saying this, and even Scott included when I've podcasted with him. This guy has juice. This guy can play. He looked electric out there. He was pretty incredible. So in the regular season, I hope he can get some carries in that crowded backfield. But shouts out to the beleaguered players like Nick Benito, McTelvin Najim, guys that were being criticized harshly and rightly so after the first couple preseason games. I mean, Benito looked like a whirling dervish out there to use your term, Chad Barron Brown looked like prime Von Miller out there stunning and causing game changing plays. I was very encouraged by what I saw. And hopefully this translates into week one at Seattle. I'm trying to remember. uh, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, it is going to be Gino. It is going to be Gino Smith. 
Uh, tell for fans who aren't, of course, reading Seattle press clippings every day, Zach. What was the final straw that led to the Geno Smith decision? You know, I think I'm ready, Chad, to finally jump off the lock bandwagon. Not that I was on it after the trade, but I said to myself, listen, maybe he'll have a fresh start in Seattle. Maybe it's what he needed, but he comes out there. He knows his starting job's on the line, and he throws two interceptions. Did you see the game? No. Or at least the highlights of the game? He threw two yeah. really bad picks where he just telegraphed the first read, threw it right to the defender. It's same old Drew Locke, but he followed that up with a long touchdown bomb. So he, he really hasn't grown to me as a quarterback in this. Yeah, very up and down, very volatile. That's always going to be the case. But the Broncos have to worry about the Seahawks starting quarterback in week one, and that's Geno Smith of all people. Can't wait. I, I thought the word that you've used of late to describe Drew Locke, the quarterback. By the way, Andrew, good to see you, bro. Appreciate the support as always, my friend. He says, what's up? I'm happy with the effort. Yes, that was the most important thing to me. I just wanted to see effort, and then we'll get into some other things too, but appreciate you, Andrew. Um, but the word that you've been using to describe Drew Locke, the quarterback, is erratic, and he proved that. When, when something's erratic, the way I interpret that is it performs in a way that you cannot predict. And NFL coaches, you know what? They like to minimize the chance game as much as they possibly can. And so you look at like a Vic Fangio up against it last year, knowing that, hey, if I don't win this season, I'm hitting the bricks. You can understand the logic that went into the decision to start Teddy Bridgewater, whether you agree with it or not. You can understand the logic, but I don't want to bog this podcast down talking about Drew Locks Act. I mean, he's not our problem anymore. To me, though, it wasn't the interceptions. Those are bad enough in a preseason game. Again, though, it's the the context of the interception, throwing it right to the guy, locking onto your first read, never growing as a quarterback. It's, it's the same things that plagued him in Denver or plaguing him in Seattle. Uh, maybe we'll see him, though, in week one. We don't know. Uh, Sam Bam with a super chat that I want to get to, and then I've got some fun scratch and sniff to show everybody. I think it'll be it'll make for a good combo. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, did you get your swag yet? You should have gotten it by now, I would think. Maybe end of the week. If you haven't gotten it by now, you're probably going to get it on your doorstep tomorrow would be my guess. Uh, but thank you so much for everything you do, supporting MHH, Sam. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. I thought the Broncos looked solid last night. Very encouraged. Do you think the Broncos keep Brett Rippon and Josh Johnson as backups or just one? Hashtag let Russ cook. Zach. Can we delve into this for a second, Chad? Sure. Maybe you disagree about Brett Rippon. I know his stat line looked pretty good. And take away even the interception in the end zone, which I thought was a bad decision. His passes, his completions were off target. Am I the only one who noticed that? He was way high or wide. It yeah. wasn't on the money. I, that's supposed to be his calling card as well. So I wasn't overly impressed with Brett Rippon, and that pick in the end zone kind of sealed the deal for me. Conversely, Johnson came into the game. It looks like he can manage the offense. And we're not talking about a QB1 here. We don't have to worry about that anymore. This is for a backup, and I want a backup to at least be competent, can at least make NFL-level throws, and I feel like Johnson's that guy. So, no, to answer the question, though, Sam, it's one or the other. Me, yeah. I'm keeping JJ, but we'll see what the Broncos see, do. And I agree, only one, but I'm going to take Rippin. I was ambivalent on this subject for most of the summer, but after watching them both kind of duel it out in the preseason, I'm landed on Rippin for only one reason, uh, and that is a modicum of upside. A modicum, not to say that he's you know gonna he's got like franchise QB in the in the uh, waiting in the wings or anything, but he's young. 
He's still got potential. And Josh Johnson, you know, he's 36. He is what he is. But I think, and Eric did a good job bringing this up last night. Zach, we ended up running the numbers, which which quarterback produced the most points this preseason. And believe it or not, Rippon did by about a touchdown over Josh Johnson. But I want to come back to what you said on the ball placement thing because it was bad. His receivers were bailing him out. I'm talking about Brett Rippon. And that pick in the end zone, it's like, hey, first of all, props to you, Brett. You drove, you started that game in a terrible situation on the three-yard line to open the game. You drive all the way down. I mean, you're within spitting distance of pay dirt, and you made a bad decision. Not maybe a bad decision, Zach, because that DB did make a good play on the ball, but the ball was way too inside. It was way off target. And then, boom, luck of the drop pops up in the air. And you could have counted to like six Mississippi before it came down. And uh, so that was easy to pluck out of the air for the defender there. But I know it's a little, I mean, like you said, Zach, who cares? It's, I mean, not to say who cares, but we're talking about as far as the stakes this time, we're talking about QB2. Thank the football gods. Yeah, I'll say I don't care. I mean, I have no really horse in this race. If the Broncos keep ripping as the backup, great. If it's Johnson, great. I'll roll with it either way. I just want uh, there to be a fair criteria when judging Broncos quarterbacks, even backups. I see William Catalano saying the pick wasn't his fault. It got tipped uh, at the line, and also he had a few drop balls. Well, William, would that same excuse apply to Drew Locke last year? You know, he still threw the pick. That pick still... College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. It'll happen. He still made a mistake as the quarterback. And what you said, Chad, about an extra touchdown on Rippon, he did the first two games against the third and fourth stringer. He wasn't starting. So that has to be taken into account as well. But like I said, if the Broncos go with them, if they feel like they want to keep grooming the guy they've had in the system for a couple years, fine. If Hackett wants the guy that he picked out of the open market, the well-traveled Josh Johnson, fine. It's the backup quarterback. I will say it's a, it's probably going to be, <clears throat> it's relatively close between these guys. Like I'm, I'm sure it's going to be something of a debate uh, in the meeting rooms, deciding this, the Duchess jumping in. What's going on, Michaela? legendary figure in the MHH lore. She says, I heard the Niners are releasing Jimmy Garoppolo. I wonder if he will be Seattle's new quarterback. Zach, what have you heard on this? I I haven't. I mean, it's fate accompli at this point. They can't find a trade partner and they have Trey Lance, but uh, I haven't heard they're releasing him imminently. I'm sure it'll happen at some point, but uh, even if he signed with Seattle, it's not enough time to learn the playbook and learn the offense and uh, get chemistry down with the starters. If he signs with Seattle, it would be to start later in the year. It's going to be Geno Smith in week one against the Broncos. And boy, talk about a juicy matchup. I wonder what they're asking for the Niners in terms of compensation. 
because I can't imagine after dangling him for as long as they have that I, I would guess they've come down whatever their initial price was, their initial ask. I'm sure they've come down. But if you look at, at his contract, like I'm looking at a headline right now on Google under the keyword Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Browns among favorites to land $137 million quarterback, whatever the Sam Hill that means. NFL teams, what they're actually trying to say to the to the Niners is, okay, you know, compensation is compensation, but we still have to pay this guy, and we don't think his current contract is uh, feasible. But you would think on that same token, Zach, that if there was a team that really needed him, like I'm thinking Browns, like that headline suggests, I mean, they're going to be in a tight spot for half the season. Uh, hey, will you accept a trade? Talk to Jimmy. Because you guys are this close to cutting him anyway, and that money goes bye-bye or whatever, would he accept a contract restructure? I would at least see about that. But, again, not our problem. I doubt if he does sign with Seattle, Michaela, I doubt, like Zach said, he's going to have enough time. You know, he is a veteran, I guess, you know, so we probably shouldn't put that past him. I mean, what is it, Zach? We're about – he's going to have about three weeks of real time, like if it happened today. Not quite three weeks, but close. I mean, it's pretty much a two-team derby for Garoppolo, as far as I'm concerned. It's Seattle or Cleveland, and uh, that kind of hurts the Niners' leverage because they are uh, they want to move them and they can't dictate the terms. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe they would take a third-round pick and a fourth only because of the salary, like you mentioned. They're, the Niners would want another team to take off uh, his salary off their hands, and uh, you can't ask for a second or first round pick and the salary on top of that. So again, not our problem. But I'm going to say like a couple draft picks, a third and a fourth, something like that. Dude, I math so badly. We're talking like two weeks and a day or two is really what separates uh, today from week one. Phil, what's good, brother? Thank you for being you, Phil. We love you. You're the man. Hashtag Let's Ride. Indeed. Speaking of that, let's uh, let's check something out here as a collective group. We'll do some. We'll do some scratch and sniff. Everybody remembers those from when you were a little kid, right? Uh, check this out. We'll just catch a we'll just cap, catch a couple minutes of it. Shout out to Albert Knoppers. Congratulations! That was a hell of a job getting the good victory right there, and it was a team victory. That was awesome. That's what I love. Watching you guys come out there, obviously, now defense, that was some right there. You guys were getting after it. Offense, that run game was beautiful. But, hey, there's a couple things we just got to be sure everybody knows about. There's a guy in here that he hasn't had any action for 336 days. K.J. Hamlin. That, now, that was a lingering hug. We had 148, 5.9 average, 25 carries. Great job. So we're we're getting a feel though, Zach, for uh, the energy this in that locker room. Now, granted, it's a little bit uh, you could maybe say artificially inflated because of the elation of a win. All right, preseason or not, but I still think it's pretty. It's probably a pretty good, a pretty accurate reflection of just the energy in that locker room, like. And I love Hackett, dude. Like, I love him up there just, like, as excited about every little rah-rah moment as the player who was, you know, getting props for whatever, whether it's KJ or Boone or whatever. I just love to see that. It's an energetic lift, and my goodness. 
what a difference. Did you see how engaged everybody was, dude? Like, yeah, again, elation of a of the immediate aftermath of a win. But like when you go back and you watch any of Vic Fangio's um, very few victory speeches, he didn't have too many of them. <laughs> but if you go back and critique them in comparison to to what we just showed you, you will see that hey, when a guy got his props, everyone was there to give him his props, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But guys are like, you know kind of half listening as it's going, you know, taking off the tape or whatever. And I'm sure there was a little of that happening last night, but as it, the camera was panning around the room, go watch this on your own time. Zach, you're going to see everyone's like dialed in. They're like stoked on what's happening. Well, did you notice that Nathaniel Hackett was moving around? He was, you know, showing move, you know, limberness, yes. Chad, and he was showing energy. He wasn't standing there addressing the team like this. It makes a big difference. <laughs> We've talked about that for months and months. And if you were on the fence about Nathaniel Hackett, please, no more. I can't stand it. Hold on, hold on. Where's my, I need like, hold on. <laughs> I got my dip in my lip. I'm, I'm having candy. serious PTSD right now. But right. we don't All have right. to see. As, we as don't have were. to worry about that anymore, Chad. We have the energetic sure. Nathaniel Hackett around. And if you were on the fence about him, I mean, how were you not sold on this coach? What I love is, unlike Fangio, he mentioned defense off the bat. He's not. He's a full head coach. He's not just an offensive mind. I am so happy though for KJ Hamler. Can we talk about that for one second? Getting yes. game action coming off that knee, coming off that hip dislocation. They got him the ball, and he looked like the old K.J. Hamler. Just the the way that the head coach is embracing these players, treating them not just like they're football players, which they are obviously, but men, but human beings. That's the element that Vic Fangio lacked in spades that uh, Hackett has in abundance. We'll come back, Albert, to Zigbo here in a second, but to your point on Hamler, he looked uh, twitchy. He looked, as Albert observes here, KJ was way too fast for Rippin's throws. Um, my one critique of KJ is I think, you know, it wasn't a great throw in the end zone, the, that interception. Uh, but I think KJ could have fought toward the ball a little bit better on that. That's very – that's me nitpicking, though. That's I mean, as, as the coach just pointed out, this dude hasn't been on the field in a real, like, live bullet sitch for bordering on a year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy he didn't get hurt. That was my biggest thing with KJ's avoiding any sort of setback or reaggravation. They got him the ball. They got what they wanted. They, they got some of the rust off, and uh, he's going to pay off for the Broncos this year. It's his time. Wero, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Thank you for the super chat. You to man. He says, I was surprised by how comfortable Baron Browning looked. He looks like a natural. I think Seth Williams may have solidified a spot on the roster last night. I think, I think the Broncos would be remiss especially, Zach, in light of Brandon Johnson suffering that unfortunate ankle injury on the first snap from scrimmage. You, you get a high ankle sprain run blocking for Mike Boone as a wideout. I mean, that's just bad luck. But I liked what I saw from Williams. I think, they'll, I think he makes the team. But talk about that, Zach, and talk about your impressions of Baron Browning, the edge rusher. Ooh. I don't know. I'm I'm much closer to admitting I was wrong about his conversion to OLB. You know, we harped on that for months. Um, but he's looked damn good and damn natural as an outside linebacker in this defense. I would like to reserve a little judgment until I see him do it against starters in a regular season game and not third and fourth stringers, but Baron, that explosion, that twitch off the edge, man, it is evident. In terms of the receivers, I really have no idea where they're going to go. You can pretty much make a case for any of them. Kendall Hinton, you know, Tyree Cleveland, Jalen Virgil, even though Jalen Virgil kind of bobbled that kickoff return is not going to help him out too much. 
Interestingly enough, though, if you caught the end of the broadcast last night when they welcomed Mike Kliss to the booth, Kliss had his projections up on the screen, and underneath wide receiver, there was like a little subheading that said competing for roster spot. Brandon Johnson's name was not among that list. It was Seth Williams, Tyree Cleveland, and uh, I think Kendall Hinton. Yeah, well, he had momentum. He he had some momentum, Brandon Johnson, but it kind of dissipated after the first preseason game. And Kendall Hinton, for what it's worth, Dude hasn't produced jack squat since preseason game one. He was on the field yesterday, Zach, for 56% of the offensive snaps. He had the ball go his way one time, unable to connect. It was an incompletion for what it's worth. <laughs> that's, that's your foil is Kendall Hinton. We all have him, Chad. You know, it's just funny that you have, have and to by the way, against him. I don't think you're <laughs> wrong or myself about Baron Browning. We never said, hey, bold prediction. It's not going to work moving him to, to rush linebacker. We just expressed misgivings based on what we've seen in the past. Like, I'll speak for myself. I was anxious to the Broncos moving a guy from a from, that had showed out well. You know, that's one of the big differences here, Zach, between like the experiment of, say, Demarcus Walker uh, moving from hand in the dirt, 4-3 defensive end to stand up, two-point stance, 3-4 rush linebacker compared to Baron Browning inside linebacker to outside is that unlike Demarcus Walker, Baron Browning had a season in the NFL of uh, maybe not great inside linebacker play, but he had already shown you at his original position that you drafted him to play, that he can play ball. DeMarcus, you know, he didn't really show that, and then they moved him to, to stand up rush linebacker, and it didn't really work out. So we had misgivings about it is really what I'm getting at. I don't recall either of us standing up here and saying, mark our words, the Broncos will rue this decision. Yeah, you're probably right. I probably made it a little more overdramatic, but we did say that it could be a grave mistake for Baron Browning's development and what the Broncos defense can do with the 11 players on the field. Great, great uh, progress he's shown so far. I really hope he keeps it going into the regular season. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Andrew Baker, what's up indeed, bro? He says, I rooted for Drew Locke too, but sometimes the name on the back isn't good. So, hey, it's Russ versus his backup. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, he's going up against Gino, who he knows very, very well. Uh, 
yeah, it's a bummer for Drew. You know, that's the problem. And you know, you, you understand what uh, the Denver Broncos, what John Elway saw in Drew as far as that arm and the upside and the athleticism. But once again, it's it's this between the years stuff that ultimately separates the forgettable quarterbacks that fade off into the dustbin of history from those who stick and go on to have a lasting success. And it's not that Drew, I don't think Zach is uh, lacking in football smarts. It's impulse control for whatever reason. That dude just struggles with impulse control. My 14-year-old son struggles with impulse control. Got to teach him. I got to learn him. Drew hasn't learned that. Yeah, in a PG way, he's the ultimate groin tease, Drew Locke, because he'll follow up a boneheaded mistake like we saw for three years in Denver, two years, whatever, uh, with a three years, sorry, with a just a ridiculous touchdown throw like he he proved in the Seattle game the other night. But it's not good enough when you want to battle for a starting quarterback spot in the NFL. There's only 32 of those positions in the entire world, and you have to be on top of your game. You have to cut down those errors, and it's still same old Drew Locke. So Seattle's problem. John Sandoval, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Appreciate that super chat, my friend. Helping us to keep the lights on here at MHH. He says, I'm glad the Broncos have the run game going, but what's up with two players wearing 17? Yeah, that's been a problem uh, for those of us, I mean, for fans and media alike, Zach, because, you know, we're, we, when the service we use to, for images for our articles and stuff, it's USA Today, all right? And USA Today, they get a, a list of when they go to a game to take pictures of the roster. And, you know, there's, for example, multiple pictures right now in that, Zach, of Dylan Parham that is confused for uh, Joe Schobert from yeah, one week so. ago because they both w- were wearing 48. Uh, the punter and Jalen Virgil, uh, Corliss Waitman and Jalen Virgil both wearing 17. It's because of the, the, the NFL's decision to allow those weird smaller numbers, uh, I think, is the biggest reason why they ran out of numbers. I don't know. Yeah, every time I see 17, though, I don't know why I think of Deshaun Hamilton. I just can't unsee his name with that number. But that'll be cleared up in the coming days when the Broncos make their final cut. So won't be an issue. GLP in the house. What's going on, brother? He says, Ajim showed up. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah, let's talk about McTelvin Ajim, Zach, because talk about forgettable up to this point. He, he had played himself off the roster. Question is last night. I'll I'll run through his uh, his stat line for you real quick here for those of you listening. Uh, Ajim ended up with two solo tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles, one of which was scooped up by Baron Browning and returned to the house. Was that enough to save McTelvin Ajim, a 2023rd round pick, his spot on the roster? Man, it's the question is, is that one game enough to override his two bad games? And if you know, it's subjective, it comes down to what the Broncos coaches think. If obviously, if the Broncos can get that regime on a weekly basis, he, he's worth a spot on the 53. But I, he's been so, um, nothing, he's done nothing really. He's been so invisible. That's the word I was looking for. And he popped yesterday, but he should pop considering his draft pedigree, his experience in the NFL. Now, I don't know, man. It's like, who would you cut? To keep McTelvin Najim, you know, are you cutting yeah. Matt Henningsen, for example? I'm not. Dude, look at this. Speaking of Henningsen, I don't know if you guys can see it that well, but see this image on the left under the Nick Benito story? Look at, that's the snap off the ball. Look at Henningsen jumping past, I mean, the edge guys usually are the guys that have the the quick uh, burst off the snap, right? The get off. Look at Henningsen, dude. He's like two or three heads ahead of all of his guys on the D-line on that snap. Like, I love that, dude. Henningsen, I think Henningsen 
and you know you go back to the Hackett victory speech talk about engaged I mean he's like watching the whole time he's stoked he's like I like I like Henningsen and Wazirike showed out a little bit you know unfortunately had a sack uh, erased by a um, bad bless Austin defensive holding yeah. penalty in this in the secondary but I don't know I think at the end of the day they're probably not going to overthink this and it's going to be McTelvin Ajim Wazirike Henningsen and they're just going to say, look, when we rotate through our D-line, we're going to we're going to be inexperienced, but they're young, they're hungry, and they're energetic. Wasn't Henningsen the player that Hackett compared him to from a beautiful mind because he's so smart? Or was that Wattenberg? I think that was mm, Henningsen. I don't remember now. But he seems, regardless, like a, a very smart player. There was a, a play yesterday where I think the, the ball was blown dead uh, when the Vikings offense was on the field, and Henningsen had the, the awareness of mind to like go for the – the ball and try to create a fumble. So you need those players and he pushes the pocket. He's brains and brawn. And you can mm -hmm. use a guy like that on your Broncos front line. I'm definitely keeping Henningsen. Plus like when, when a guy makes it all the way to the NFL and never had a free ride, like he's, he's one of those walk on success stories at Wisconsin. So is Greg Dulcich for what it's worth. That tells you something about heart and Henningsen, you know, you can't measure that. That's something that, comes out on the wash in so many different ways. I think Henningsen's making this roster. Phil says, Locke and Bridgewater, Rippin and Johnson. Seems to be a correlation. Yeah, veteran and young guy. Veteran, young guy. Yeah, definitely. But uh, Locke and Bridgewater, thank the, the goodness that is the football gods. That's not our problem anymore. George Fox says, and thank you, George, just think, two weeks from tomorrow, we start our march to the playoffs. Let's ride. Denver Bronx for life. MHH for life. Love that, George. Appreciate you as well. And then Howie saying, what's up? Let's ride. Zach, that's the thing is we do have to wait two weeks. That's the bummer. But the next time Broncos fans watch their team take the field, you're going to get to watch Russell Wilson do his thing. And that's exciting. I just got duped in the comments. Nick D said Sam Martin being traded to the Bills for a 2023 sixth rounder. I haven't seen that. I assume that's a play on the – unfortunate situation going on with the Buffalo punter, Matt Areza, but I would like if we can transition to the punting competition, Chad, the, the Broncos can move off Sam Martin, clear that money off the books and go with Cortless Waitman, whose leg is more conducive, I think to the uh, empower field altitude. Oh, I just Googled that dude's name. I'm not even going to bring that up on this podcast because it'll get us flagged, but ugh. yeah, not Howie, stuff. you are the man, brother. Appreciate you. Um, was Corliss Whiteman good enough to make you feel okay about, all right, we're going to save $1.4 million on the cap. Let's move on from Sam Martin. Because I'm not sure that he was. Like, in a game in, with a team now, Zach, where you're going to be competitive and you're going to be in things at the end no matter what. Like, if you're not, if you're not like, winning going away, you're going to be in every single game. And in those games, the, the, the margin for error is so small. You need every phase, like, executing and doing its thing. Do you want to risk it to an unproven punter, or do you want Sam Martin, who I get is not great, right? He's not established himself, despite the thin air of mile high, as one of the game's better punters, but he at least is a competent veteran. Like, I don't worry about Sam Martin when they go out there to orchestrate a punt. 
I, I don't know. I just feel like the money and the upside in Waitman is enough to move on from Martin. And I feel like Martin, you're capped with him. He's like a jag punter where Waitman could be maybe a, an upper echelon punter. I'm looking at the numbers right now, though, to your point, Chad. Martin had two punts for 95 yards, one touchback. He averaged 47 and a half yards a punt. Waitman had two punts for 81 yards, 40 and a half yards per punt, though we did down one inside the 20. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's dealer's choice whether I hate pop-up ads so much, whether you know he's an upgrade over over Sam Martin, I just feel like the money, if you can clear that and if you can maybe get an upgrade with Dwayne Stukes as the head as the coordinator, I'm trying I'm pulling that trigger. So the final cut, the the deadline is Tuesday, 2 p.m. Who are some of the guys that Broncos fans saw out on the on the grass yesterday, Zach, that you're pretty confident are going to be shown the door? Oh. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sam Martin. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I, I think a lot of the players that are making the roster um didn't play yesterday. Bless Austin for sure could go. He's shown me nothing. He allowed that he had that penalty. He yeah. showed me nothing in coverage. Um, that's one guy that jumped off the uh the uh the radar to me. Also, any offensive lineman for the Broncos, like the Quinn Baileys, the Zach Johnson types, you know, Calvin Anderson, those are I don't know about Calvin, but those are guys that are definitely replacement level. Okay, I'm going to throw a few names at you, and you just tell me if they survive, okay? Here we go. Luke Wattenberg. Yes. Quinn Bailey. No. Sabi, Eric Sobert. Yes, I think so. Kendall Hinton, Zach. God, that, that's the toughest one to me. It's like, what do the Broncos do? Maybe make a call for Kendall Hinton's value around the NFL, see if you can flip him for a late-round draft pick. I don't know. You have Tyree as a core special teamer. If you want to keep Brandon Johnson and want to keep Seth Williams, how do you justify keeping Kendall Hinton? I don't know. What do you think? I don't think he's done enough to stick, but he's just one of those guys coaches love because he's just such a such a unique character and a lunch pail type guy. Um, I don't – I just – I know I wouldn't. I would. I would let him hit the bricks. Graham Glasgow, there's no question in my mind, Zach. He's making, he's going to be on the roster. Uh, what about Calvin Anderson? You think he's pretty safe? Yeah. And Cam Fleming? Yeah, because Calvin can play right or left tackle, and uh, I think he has some value in the coach's eyes. 
Brett Rippon is he on this roster Tuesday afternoon? Oh, man. Yes, I'll say they keep ripping over Josh Jones. I'll go against my gut. Yeah. Jalen Virgil and Seth Williams. Oh, Which one of those guys man. survives? I think if Dwayne Stukes has any influence, which he will, he's going to not be happy about that muffed kick return. So I think that could have done in Jalen Virgil. He'll be a practice squad guy, and we'll keep Seth on the 53. Jaquan Hardy, uh, no. Divine Ozigbo, they're both no. going to get waived. Question is, which one do, do the Broncos try to bring back to the squad? Ozigbo looked pretty good. Not going to lie. Hardy's led been the, Led the team in rushing for what it's worth. Um, Montreal's making it. Tomlinson? No. I'll say they keep Andrew Beck over him as a, just a, a surprise. Uh, let's see. What about J.R. Reed, the safety, the veteran? No. How could you justify that? P.J. Law, Caden Stearns, I think you're good there. Turner right. Yell is a hard hitter, though, man. Yeah. Practice squad guy for sure. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Will Will Parks in that. Yes. Just yes. In the in the teeth guy. What about this guy was a bit of a revelation, Kaani Mauga, uh, yesterday. What do you, what do you, I mean, he's not making this roster, but what were your thoughts on Mauga? I think he looked pretty remarkable. The, the Broncos front seven was a, a major improvement from last week. Practice squad guy, though, you can't keep him on the 53. Okay, let's let's talk some corners. All right, bless Austin. You already right. said, uh, what about McMillian, Jaquan McMillian, practice squad? He's saying Bassey. <sighs> I, think I, I would get, I get rid of I would keep personally I would keep McMillian on the fifty three four saying Bassey Bassey showed me nothing and I was a fan of his when he first came into the NFL. What about the general? You know the linebacker <laughs> Jeremiah Gemmel. No, he'll be cut. Uh, Cooper, Jonathan, you know Cooper, Cooper. That's honestly Chad, and he didn't actually play that well to me. That's the guy that I could see being a surprise cut or trade or something. They are flush at outside linebacker. I don't know about Jay Coop. What about Fayon Hicks? I don't see it. Yeah, I see practice squad. Donnie Lewis, goodbye. No. Browning. Uh, Jonathan Kongbo, he of the CFL top five draft picks and uh, CFL champion. It's like, are you keeping Kongbo over Henningsen or Regime? I'm not. What about Patrick, though? Aaron Patrick, that is. It's, we'll see how much Dwayne Stukes has to say, but I, I never saw what he can bring to the defense personally. Any chance Alex Singleton is not making this roster? I think he's pretty. He, he actually looked pretty well yesterday in coverage, so I think he makes it. Yeah, Bobenoyer, man, a few heads up plays he freaking botched, uh, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it all resolves. Um, I'm curious to see ultimately Zach what their decisions are on at wide receiver, tight end. O-line, I think we know who's making it for the most part. It's a matter of how many are they going to carry. Because um, let's think about that. You, they can either carry 8, 9, or 10 as kind of teams shuffle through that. I'm trying to remember what they carried last year out of camp. But uh, Bowles, Reisner, Cushenberry, Miners, Turner. All right, there's your, there's five. Graham Glasgow, he's making it. Uh, Natani Muti, I'm not sure is making it. I think they might decide to go ahead and put hit some kind of an injury designation on him and look to maybe bring him back somewhere in the season. Luke Wantenberg, I'm not sure he's shown enough to justify keeping him, but I wouldn't be surprised because he's a, a what is he a fifth round pick? You know, he's a fifth round pick. You try to keep those guys typically unless they really are in dereliction of duty. 
Calvin Anderson, Cam Fleming, Quinn Bailey. So who do you keep after you get past that starting five? You know, you could keep up to up to five dudes, but how many of them are going to be helping you on specials? I think they go light at O-line. I think they go eight, nine max. I agree with you because some of those guys can play guard and uh, and tackle as well. Don't forget Tom Compton, who's on PUP right now, right. but they are very excited about what he can do as well. So, yeah, I agree with you. They could go a little lighter and save a roster spot because you have position flexibility, which is always a great thing. I'm curious to see how the roster math ultimately shakes out on the D-line, who stays. Uh, rush linebacker, they do have a few tough decisions to make there, namely like Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper, you're only keeping one of those guys. Who is? It's probably going to be Reed. But at the same time, maybe not. You know, you, there's an argument to be made, Zach, for now let's save ourselves the $2.5 million on the cap and move the cleanup sack artist, uh, Malik Reed, because he's already tapped out. Like, he's already showed us what his – the limit, his ceiling, the limit of his potential is. Let's go with the guy with some upside. We don't want to r- risk him to the wire. Let's go ahead and keep Cooper. Like, there is an argument for both. It's about putting yourself in the mindset of these coaches, which one is the most attractive if you try and put yourself in Nathaniel Hackett's shoes or, or better yet, Ajiro Evero. Reed doesn't play specials either. So, like, that's another argument for Cooper. Cleanup sack artist. I like that. That's a new one. Um, you know, if, if they, they don't want to keep Malik Reed, I am making a phone call if I'm George Payton, seeing what I can get for him. You know, he's a veteran. He has starting experience. He did lead the Broncos in sacks a few years ago. I wouldn't keep Cooper over Reed. I, I like what Reed can do if Chubb or Gregory get injured, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm. to me it's tough because it's such a top-heavy depth chart. You know, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory make for a fearsome duo, but then there's those inconvenient deckum caveats of if they're st- they stay healthy. Yeah. Hate having that, ha- having that part of the math here, but it is because of that. I think this team is going to err on the side of some veteran wherewithal, and that's why I do think ultimately Malik Reed is the one who sticks, along with of course Baron Browning and Nick Benito, and then you know Aaron Patrick might hang on by the skin of his teeth because he's one of those core special teamers according to uh coach Dwayne Stukes yeah I do wonder how many outside linebackers you're keeping five or six or I don't mm-hmm. think you go above that number but if they do keep an extra one for special teams alone like you just said uh, Aaron Patrick could be that guy but I feel like you know Reed Cooper when you have Baron Browning showing out like he is you feel so confident about that that if God forbid Gregory or Chubb were to go down Baron looking like he does could be a you know day one replacement for Caps and giggles here. I'm going to I'm gonna research what the Packers 53 man roster construction looked like out of camp. Let's see. Uh, because I think it will help us in uh, inform anyway some of the thinking on the part of Nathaniel Hackett. Of course, George Payton, you know, he's gonna have a lot to say about this. Uh, announced 2021. Just real quick for uh, craps and giggles. We're going to go to the – all right, so they kept uh, two quarterbacks, three running backs. I see that happening again uh, in in the case of the Broncos. Six receivers, Zach, four tight ends, and nine O-linemen, okay? Defense, defense, they kept six D-linemen, five inside linebackers, five rush linebackers. Can you see the Broncos keeping five inside linebackers, Zach? Because that's – 
that's where I think they can justify keeping six rush linebackers because you just hold on to Josie Jewell, uh, Jonas Griffith, Justin Sternod, and Alex Singleton. Yeah, but who is the fifth? Would it be Malga? I mean, is, right. is he that good enough to get on the roster? I don't know. After one game, I would probably save the roster spot. Uh, cornerbacks, they kept six and then four safeties uh, for what it's worth. And I th- honestly, the only difference I can really see that jumps out to me and what I expect the Broncos to do is they kept five inside backers, five outside backers. I think they only keep four inside backers and they keep six rush linebackers. So, It'll be interesting to see. Chief Big Belly, what's going on? Hail Priest, right back at you, bro. Those worried about the starters' lack of reps in the preseason, remember, we start the season with two subpart teams that should let them get into the groove before we face, quote-unquote, real teams. Zach? Yeah, on paper, they are softer teams. I, I should say Seattle and Houston, but, you know, Every Sunday is a different story, and any given Sunday, anything can happen. And uh, the Broncos, if they, if they even do, which I think they will, beat both teams, they can't get too big a hit. So they can't start puffing their chests out. It happened exactly last year. They went 3-0 and after beating up on cupcake teams, and then reality hit them hard when they played a legitimate contender. So hopefully this year's Broncos team is different, but it will help their confidence, though, if they start 2-0, and which, again, I think they should. Um, for what it's worth real quick, George Payton kept four backs last year out of camp, five wideouts, four tight ends, eight offensive linemen, six D linemen, five rush linebackers, five inside backers and seven corners, five safeties. So they went heavy on the defensive backfield last year, Zach, for special teams purposes, but that was with a completely different coaching philosophy and a completely different coaching staff. I don't think they go that heavy on corners this year. Um, although there is an argument for it, you know, because Ronald Darby and Kwan Williams aren't the most reliable from a health perspective. So I could see him keeping that many. I just don't think they will this time. I'm not keeping five safeties, though. You know, I want to keep another offensive lineman if I could, you know, if it comes down to that. So, yeah, we'll see based on this year's team what you can do. Fortunately, the players, the Broncos, are going to cut. A lot of them are practice squad guys that they can call up during the regular season if they have to. All right, let's get back to the chat and some take some some topics and questions here. Um, We're at about 40 minutes, so we got to start winding it down here. Uh, Zebulon says, did y'all see that Vikings punter? And 66, number 66 looks like a lineman. Uh, what about the the Vikings punter? Did that jump out to you, Zach? Every punt he had down inside like the two-yard line. Their special teams was on point against Denver last night. So uh, good for them, I'll say. Not not typically the mark of a rookie head coach. So shout out to, uh, or props, I should say, to Kevin O'Connell. Uh, and shout out to Michael Ronquillo. It's great to see you, bro. Appreciate you being with us tonight, as always. Um, okay, let me see. I'm I'm cruising down here. Ronnie says, do we expect that there may be any jersey number changes before game one? There will be because I can promise you, you know, there will be a, a guy or two who gets shown the door that was in possession of a jersey number coveted by somebody else or more convenient for their position or whatever. It happens every year. Uh, there's usually three or four different jersey changes, Ronnie, when, when the 53 officially gets announced. As long as number one, number two, number three don't get changed. Hamler, PS2, and, and Russell Wilson. Those are my favorite numbers on the Broncos. I love it. Here's one from uh, Mile High Mike. says, who's our starting tight end? As Albert O it's, is still learning how to block properly. 
Um, it's a really good question because he's listed number one on the depth, the initial depth chart, which you can't really jump to too many conclusions on an initial uh, depth chart like that before the first preseason game. But I don't think he's viewed as the tight end one. I think he's viewed as the tight end one receiving tight end. They're going to use him like crazy on third down and second longs and stuff like that. But Zach, when the rubber meets the road, and you saw how elated Hackett was last night to talk about a productive running game. Is a running game, even with the ones out there, guess what? Those ones, they're going to, they're going against one defenses. So is that offense going to produce at that level on the ground, Zach? If Albert O's out there, I have my doubts blocking, right? Tomlinson, freaking road grading if he makes the roster. Eric Saubert, significantly more competent as a blocker. I don't know who it's who the tight end one is going to be. I don't think it's going to really matter. It's not going to be like the last few years when it was clear Noah Fant was your tight end one. I don't think it's going to be quite that uh, meaningful this time around. It's more nominal than anything. Exactly. Remember in the last couple of years of purgatory, we saw those depth charts that had co-quarterbacks on it. They didn't want to name a starter. I think we could see co-tight end ones in Denver this season. They're going to divvy up the reps between Albert O, Dulcich when he gets healthy. They have Sauber, who looks like a capable player, especially as a blocker. They have Andrew Beck if they keep him on the roster. It's going to be the sum of all their parts at that position, not necessarily, like Chad said, a clear-cut tight end one. Great member of our community and uh, fair. He owns a fair amount of lore in MHH as well. Dave Glassman, do we unexpectedly cut someone to pick up a corner off waivers? So, do you see a, a unexpected cut, and if so, for corners at? I don't. I don't know that you cut one for one. The Broncos are going to make cuts, and there's going to be cornerbacks that get cut around the NFL. It depends on how you you know you look at the position. I don't think it's a uh, a five alarm fire at cornerback for the Broncos. They have some players they can uh, get behind younger players. I think I'd rather roll the dice on Jaquan McMillian, who's been in the Broncos system this offseason, than gamble on a, a guy from another team. Fayon Hicks, another one as well. So they're going to have some guys they're going to have on the practice squad in the farm system. I think they're going to be just fine there. Honestly, I'm not too worried. Dude, how rad was it, though, seeing a gadget play work well with Montreal Washington? Yeah. And we heard from Nathaniel Hackett going into the half that that was a play that O-line coach Butch Berry had been pounding the table to run. Loved seeing that. And then just, man, you get the ball in that dude's hands and you scheme him, the scheme coming from competent NFL offensive minds, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Washington, for KJ, as far as some of those gadget plays. Like, that got me going. I know it's a small thing, but, like, that was very encouraging to see because usually that kind of stuff, Zach, they keep in reserve, you know, because they're not going to show any kind of hand like that in the preseason. We haven't seen anything like that in three years, at least. It's so refreshing. You get the ball into a, a game-breaking player's hands. What are they going to do? They can break the game open. What a concept. But I think Montreal, Washington's position, don't box them in at one spot. It's not kick returner or wide receiver. It is offensive weapon, like the college ranks. That's what Montreal will be. And I'll say it once more, what Isaiah McKenzie should have been during his time in Denver. I want to grab Raul here, who's a great uh, supporter and member of our community on Facebook. He says, completely random comment in the light of recent snubs to Randy Gratishar, Mike Shanahan, and Dan Reeves for the Hall of Fame. It crosses my mind that defensive coordinator Joe Collier, architect of the Orange Crush, 
definitely deserves consideration for the Hall of Fame. Will never make it into it. Yeah, he's he's in the Hall of the very good. He's the guy that was the Hall of the, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Not quite on the level of a Reeves. Not not right. even close, in my opinion. Like Wade Phillips, more of a Hall of Fame name than Joe Collier. And I get it. That Orange Crush '77, that was him. His he was the brainchild. And I don't. I'm not trying to sell him short in any way, shape, or form. Like props to him. I think he was one of the best defensive minds of his day. The problem is it never came out in the wash as a head coach. And that's really who gets in. Uh, Zach, I don't even know if Joe Collier ever did serve as a, as a head coach. I'm going to Google it real quick. But another example, I think, of the Hall of Very Good, and that's nothing. That's no slight against him. No, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer in Broncos country, but if Mike Shanahan couldn't get in or Dan Reeves or Randy Gratishar, players with a better resume and more name value, especially Mike Shanahan, I mean, what a snub that was. I don't see it for Joe Collier. So it's one of those things where we have to just hope that these fringe candidates for the Broncos, the not slam dunk first ballot types, the Hall of Fame committee can just see what they've done and uh, put them in their proper place in Canton. But every year it seems like they don't want to do that. For what it's worth, my dude is 90 years old, plugging along. Uh, but he was a head coach. He head coached the Bills from 66 to, through 68. And then Denver's uh, DB's coach for a spell before becoming the defensive coordinator from 1972 through 1988. So he coached one, two, three Bronco teams to the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. And so, you know what? To me, that's like, hey, maybe consider him for the ring of fame at some point, but not quite on the par of uh, Hall of Fame resume, unfortunately. Yeah, and I agree with what Dave said here. We talked about this at length last week. Don Coriel, to me, I know you might disagree a little bit, Chad. He was deserving. He's. I don't know, disagree that he wasn't deserving. I, I agree that, that he was deserving. Don't get me wrong. He's a legendary figure, but I, I don't. What I don't like is that it had to come at the expense of a Mike Shanahan or a Dan Reeves. It had to be an either or when you can argue that Mike Shanahan is either as deserving or more deserving than uh, Eric Coriel. So it's definitely disappointing. Sorry, dude. Uh, check this out, Kennedy, the producer, chopping wood for us. Quick stat: I just checked. There are six NFL teams who have two running backs who make more than Mike Boone. There are as many that don't have one who make as much as Mike Boone. So it goes back to the, 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 the lament Zach, that they're really overpaying for their third string running back, but I'm not losing sleep over that. Cause look how good he was in that game. Like if you have to turn to him, it's a nice little bit piece of insurance if, if push comes to shove. You could do so much worse than having Mike Boone as your RB3. I, I thought he should have been RB2 before they re-signed Melvin Gordon. Anytime he's been on the field, the guy is electric. Get him the ball, please, Coach Hackett. Word. Guys, shout out to the queen dropping in real quick. Christy, it's great to see you. I hope yes. you've been doing well. Thanks for dropping the line. Good to see you, Christy, as always. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a fun conversation. We'll be back tomorrow for the uh, Monday night edition of this show. We'll look forward to talking with you all then. But we got some matters of business, so don't leave. Yeah, the after aftermath tomorrow. Be sure to check that out. We're off until then, guys. Follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself, Kelperman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, huddleuppod.com get yourself some merch all right there new inventory new website i promise well worth your time and facebook.com slash mile huddle pod 
like that page, follow that page. If you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priests a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But as you see ticking below you now, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Gary Leeds Palmer, Andrew Lampy, Phil McLaughlin, Howie Frickin' Day, George Fox, Andrew Baker, and then also our great uh, Super Chat superstars. We love you so much. Uh, Sam Bam throwing down. The Duchess throwing down. Huero, John, Chief Big Billy. Each and every one of you that I just mentioned, you guys help keep this content flowing daily. And for that, we thank you. We appreciate you so, so much. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 